630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. First loss of the season for the Edmonton Oilers. Cam Atkinson scores twice as Philadelphia beats Edmonton 5-3 at Rogers Place. Good game in the Flyers net for Sherwood Park's Carter Hart. He makes 34 saves, outdueling Miko Koskinen, who takes the loss. He made 30 saves and probably at least a couple of the four goals that the Flyers scored on him tonight he would like back. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. It's 11 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Wild first period. Flyers led it 3-2 after one. One of the biggest goals in this game. Cam Atkinson scored with .6 seconds left in the first after the Oilers had fought back from 2-0 down to tie it and then Atkinson gets the eventual winner 4-18 into the third period Rob and in this day and age in the NHL you do not see a lot of unscreened slap shots from down the wing go in from that range I, I, I've been a fan of Atkinson for a long long time I don't remember or I don't think of him as a guy that has a bomb off the wing there's going to be certain players that are going to come down on you and are going to be able to beat a goaltender if they got that much time and space to to get the shot they want on net but Atkinson isn't one of those players that would you would fear that was just one that uh, I would think that Koskinen would want back uh, a big goal at the moment for the for the Philadelphia Flyers and you could see the uh, disappointment in a couple of the players' faces as they were on the ice at that point. A couple of players threw their heads back a little bit in disbelief. So, yeah, I thought at Koskinen made a number of big saves at times in the third period, but you always remember the one that he should have had, and he certainly should have had that one. Yeah, and that, and that's really the story. And we've we've talked about him a lot, really, ever since he's been a goaltender here. But especially the last year or so, when he is on his game, he's very good. Uh, his challenge is that, you know, a lot of a lot of the the great goalies in the league, or the the goalies in the top half of the league, or, or maybe even most starters, most true number ones, when they have a bad game, they're they're average. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they might still match the guy at the other end, and then it comes down to, okay, some other elements of the game. It doesn't come down to goaltending. Koskinen's struggle is when he has an off night. We're left debating two sometimes three goals about oh oh no that was a backbreaker that was a backbreaker well, the, the thing that's tough on this one uh, the philadelphia flyers had enough glorious scoring opportunities that there could have been four goals scored on koskinen and probably only two of the ones that he let in would be in that in that uh barrel of goals that you would you that could have gone past him he made a couple of big saves that you're like oh that's a great save that's a game-saving save but there's a couple goals that shouldn't have gone in tonight and obviously the the Atkinson one and then the other one where he gave the puck away and this is a a, a reoccurring theme is also for for Miko is there's apprehension every time he stops a puck behind the net and we feel it in the, the press box. I know the fans felt it a number of times because you could hear the the gasp as he went behind and you're wondering where it's going to go. So if the fans are feeling, we're feeling. So I'm, I'm sure some players are also feeling that too. That is not a strength of his game. And it's so noticeable because you're on a team with the best goaltender in the National Hockey League at moving the pucks. So there is a complete 
fall off the cliff trying to drop off between Smith and Koskinen. So it, it was a tough night for Koskinen. And, and again, I, I, I do believe this was a game that the Oilers easily could have come away with, with one point possibly too. They did create a number of chances. But more times than not, the team with the better goaltender wins a hockey game, and Philly had that tonight. Yeah, and, and I think give Philly credit as well. I mean, they, they did create some chances, as you said, Rob, and Konechny took a penalty for interference with 6-12 left in the third period for shoving McDavid into the net. So when that was called, I'm thinking to myself, okay, there are six minutes left. The Oilers should have a, now have a manpower advantage for at least half of that time because they were getting a two-minute penalty, and you should get at least a minute well, with, with the goalie pulled. They pulled the goalie with two minutes that's, to go. That's so right. Four so to they, six so minutes. They, it turned out they could have had four to the six minutes. Yeah. If So, it, I mean, the Oilers had some chances on the power play, but at times Philly limited to them, and, and plus winning faceoffs made a huge difference for Philly. Yes, it did. It, it, the Oilers never really got on track with the six on five because they lost four straight faceoffs. The Philadelphia Flyers drew on four straight and good on him for coming in and going against Leon, who is we've known has been one of the, that's one of his biggest strengths is how he wins draws in important situations. Uh, Giroux won four in a row, so they never got set up on the six on five. On the power play, a couple sloppy plays that the Oilers made where they missed passes. Uh, the Flyers did a good job killing. I, I thought it was a, a suspect call. I thought both uh, Connor and Konecki went at each other at the same time, especially there was a number of non-calls tonight in this hockey game in the middle 30 minutes of this game where you're like, okay, seriously, how did you miss that? Uh, a couple of them were on Connor where he was tripped, and he actually turned around and looked at the ref too. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Oilers didn't have I, – I thought when the Oilers were one down with a seven, eight, nine minutes ago, I said, okay, they're going to get a power play. They'll tie it up, probably win it in overtime. Uh, I was – shocked and surprised that when they got their power play that the game wasn't tied within two minutes so the flyers take it five three tonight they are three one and one on the season the oilers are now five and one three hundred dollar donation to 630 chad santa's anonymous courtesy james h brown and associates unrivaled experience unrivaled commitment unrivaled results they're given a hundred bucks for every goal the oilers score throughout the year the total now up to twenty seven hundred bucks and six of those Goals have been provided by Zach Hyman, who continues to be a story. Five goals in his last three games. He got the, uh, well, turned out to be the last one the Oilers got tonight, the 3-3 goal in the first minute of the second period. Uh, the Oilers' top two lines are very good, and uh, a big reason for, for Connor's line being as good as obviously on his back, but Z Zach Hyman was good again. A uh, number of good opportunities, creating offensive opportunities out of the corner, physical, smart play. Uh, but on that goal there... The play was made by Jesse Pugliarvi. What a wonderful pass. Gets control of the puck coming from McDavid, finds Zach Hyman, and put the puck on net. And anyone that's listening that's got a young kid and you want to teach him how to take a one-timer, that's the perfect example right there. Just hit the net. There's so much space when a goalie has to go from one side to the other. Just hit the net. There's a good chance that puck's going in. But Hyman continues to impress. And... Uh, I've been traded or I've signed with new teams before, and you're an offensive player. You want to make an impression early. Well, Zach Hyman now, six goals in six games, quite the impression to his new teammates. Just go back to the faceoffs for a, a sec, Rob, and, and I think the difference for the Oilers is our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. I guess not a positive adjustment for the Oilers this evening because they've been pretty good in the circle. Only 42% tonight. Dreisaitl, 
39%. Derek Ryan, really tough game, 22%. McDavid did excel, took 14 draws, won 10 of them for 71%. But, you know, overall, I mean, Giroux, 64%. Couturier, 64%. Broussard, 64%. So they won a lot of big ones, and they, they won them at the right time to uh, to give the Flyers the win. They did, and it, it was funny. When Connor lost, or excuse me, when Leon lost his first two face-offs, he looked to Connor and more or less was suggesting Connor go and take the next one. And Connor pointed up for him to get back in there. Uh, and the, the, I know that coaches are always keeping track of things like this. And players know when they're having good nights and, and off nights. Connor McDavid was 10 and 4. He was 71%. Easily could have stepped into that faceoff circle there and, and taken the draw. Except he, he, he wanted Leon to try and, and win the faceoff. Uh, Going into the draws, Giroux was five and five on the on the game. Like he was fifty percent until he won four straight right. in the most important part of the hockey game. Uh, in the last two, the first two he won clean. The second two, Leon was just trying to tie the the face off, and he he did tie it. But the Philadelphia Flyers were able to get the puck both times, and uh, it's hard to get your six on five going and put pucks on net when you're chasing it down into your own zone trying to pick it out again. Yeah, and overall, I mean, it's been a successful season for the Oilers' third line to this point, uh, but uh, tonight, not quite able to generate as much. I mean, they had a few good shifts with Fortchek. I thought Fogel down low is is still uh, a lot to handle, but I also, I mean, I don't know if the Flyers know him a little better. They would have played him a few extra times, but it, when he got that puck behind the net and was trying that jam play, they, they were right on. Like two guys off him to squeeze, it, to squeeze him off. Well, they did it. I think they were just excited it wasn't Connor or Leon on the ice. <laughs> this guy, we can actually get to this guy. Um, yeah, the, the third line, five out of six games, they've been very good. Tonight was not as strong, and I think that's what you would expect out of, of most third lines around the league. They're not going to be able to make a difference each and every night. Tonight was an off night. Um, they didn't create the chances that they needed. And this was a game that, unfortunately, for the others, were desperate for someone else to put a puck in the net because the others aren't giving up five in a game. Uh, normally, they've got three automatic between their two superstars, and tonight they just needed one more. But a game where the bounces and the saves came for one team and not for the other. All right, so 5-3, Philadelphia takes it. Giroux and Thompson gave them a 2 nothing lead, and then Barry and McDavid... Barry's first of the season, and then I mentioned that goal by Atkinson in the final second of the first period. We'll talk about that one. Hyman tied it in the first minute of the second period. Atkinson, the long slap shot in the third, and then Couturier gets an empty net or another play we want to talk about. Okay, the Atkinson goal in the final second of the first period. Yep. I mean, that was a deflating one. The Oilers are excited. McDavid had just tied it with 17.8 seconds left in the period. It's the my old flippy. It's it's a fantastic play, and I don't know if the kid got an assist on it. I think they announced unassisted when I heard it. They, it still stands as yeah, it, which yeah. is I don't understand that one, but I believe it was Sandwich. Well, I guess they say Nurse actually handled the puck long yeah, but enough. How to, many to times do we see the other team touch the puck and we still get two assists on it? So I surprised, but Sandheim was the one that got it. He had the puck. He had time in his own zone, and. He looked up at the clock, saw how much time was up, and he just said, all right, I'm going to make a play on this. And he flipped it. And that is a, an incredibly hard play for a defenseman. You're skating backwards. You have a forward with speed coming at you, and you're trying to guess where the puck is going to come down and, and land. And then if you know that you're not going to be able to catch it, now you got to guess which way it's going to bounce. So that one is just uh, a smart play by Sanheim, uh, good work by Atkinson, 
and just bad luck for the Edmonton Oilers that the puck bounced perfectly for Axon, kicks it up and gets the puck just enough time to get puck behind Koskinen. Maybe that's when you hope that your goaltender can give you a big save. All right, 5-3 Philadelphia. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. They've, uh, you have your first loss of the season. Uh, just, uh, I guess, a quick thought or an evaluation of, of how you saw it. I thought we, that could be some of the best hockey we played all season, right there. Our second period was arguably our best period of the year. A uh, couple mistakes, a couple bad bounces, and we're chasing the game a little bit. Once they got the lead in the third, they shut it down pretty good. But it was a real competitive game. I like the way our guys competed. We played fast. Created a lot of chances, but uh, we uh, we didn't capitalize on enough of them. I think he'll bounce back. He's played well this year. All year he's played well, you know. So uh, you know, a couple uh, a couple ones that one outside the net he'd like to have back, one inside the net he'd like to have back probably. So, but that being said, we had enough chances to uh, uh, to give ourselves a chance to win the game, and we didn't do it. So. That's the way it goes sometimes. Power play had uh, a number of opportunities tonight. Just overall, what did you think about the way it functioned and how it looked? Um, we didn't get a lot of clean looks off it. We got the one off a uh, you know a deflected puck, but there's some of those ones. Sometimes your power play can be good. You can get a lot of pucks at the net, and they just don't find their way in. And I felt that was the case tonight. We took some of those shots in the middle. That there's certain nights that those find their way in, and sometimes they don't. We didn't. We couldn't get it by heart tonight. Dave, uh, despite the outcome, uh, Tyson Berry seemed like that was the most engaged he's been in all season. What was your assessment on his play tonight? Yeah, he was good. He scored a nice goal, but he, you know our power play moved the puck well. I, mean, we, I like I didn't mind our defense today at all. Everything uh, we did a lot of things well. We just didn't win the game. Dave, is that the best team you've played at in the face-off circle tonight? They give you some trouble in the face-off circle. Well, we keep different stats than came out on the NHL stats. So, but there was some, you know, you're trying to win draws at key times of the game that we weren't weren't getting those uh, getting those pucks. So, they do. I mean, they got a couple of pretty good guys. Katria and Giroux are both right and left side are real strong. So, that was an area that we can certainly improve. But but uh, it was a real. It was like the game. It was a competitive area of the game. Thank you. All right, that is Dave Tippett following the Oilers' 5-3 loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. We asked you before the game on set the line over under one and a half. How many points would Zach Hyman have tonight? Well, he finishes with one. So Rodney is your winner. He gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. Rodney taking the under tonight okay well the Oilers first loss of the season they are five and one we have uh, time to hear from you it's quarter after 11 780-496-0063 Reed Wilkins Rob Brown Heartland Ford overtime open line comes around to McDavid hit him in the skate pass in front of the net Scott Lawton all alone the shot great save by Koskinen he got it with the left pad as Lawton was all by himself in front of the Oiler net well Miko Koskinen did make some great saves tonight I and mean, we were talking about his performance Dave Tippett says he probably wants a couple of goals back one where he was out of the net one where he was in the net but he, he did make some phenomenal saves this evening that one 
Lawton could have made it 5-3 Philly with about 12 minutes left. Made a great save. That was after an errant pass from Connor McDavid. That is Koskinen's save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. So the Flyers playing their first road game of the season. They had not played since Saturday. They come in and get the win. And as you know, the Oilers back home after the sweep of Arizona and Vegas. They hadn't played with uh, since Friday. So obviously fatigued. <laughs> fatigue not a concern for either team. A little bit of a busy stretch here for Philly. They're doing the, the Western Canadian trip with three games and four nights. They're going to be an interesting team to watch. They, I mean, Hart had a poor season last mm-hmm. year. Only wound up playing about half the games. 877 save percentage. Um, some good players. I mean, Giroux is a very good all-around player. Couturier is very good. I mean, Konechny can do some good things. They have Atkinson now who, who can score mm-hmm. goals. I, I, I thought Provorov was very good tonight. He was very good, and they're missing probably the best defenseman. That's Ellis, who they got from Nashville. He's going to be a, a standout for them. Uh, they're just in a really tough division where there's going to be, you know, one, two, maybe three or four good teams that don't make the playoffs because of the division they're in. Philadelphia coming into tonight's game, they were in last place in the division at a 2-1-1 yeah. no, record. Part of, that's part of that's games, yeah. You know, New Jersey's doing okay. I wouldn't expect New Jersey no, to I wouldn't hang either. Around, but, but you, know, you got the Rangers, the Penguins, Carolina, Carolina's Washington. Yeah. Uh, Columbus is better. The Islanders, uh, that, that is a tough division. And uh, the Philadelphia, you, you can't have average goaltending in that division and move on to be a playoff hockey club. They need Hart to play like he did tonight, and uh, hopefully hopefully this is a, a bounce-back year for Carter Hart, lo- local kid. Yeah. Well, well, I want to get your phone calls in a second here. Look, obviously a huge story today in, in the hockey world, and uh, I, I know we're going to talk a lot about, obviously, the Oilers game, but, uh, Rob, I mean, uh, tough to watch, um, but, but I think Im- important to watch what we saw uh, this afternoon. And, you know, we know who the player is now named in the, uh, the, the sexual assault investigation into the Blackhawks uh, with Kyle Beach doing the interview with uh, TSN's Rick Westhead today. I don't know if you got to see the whole thing or, or, or hear some clips, but, I mean, it was, it was tough. It was, it was really raw, and, you know, obviously that's, you know, something like he said, he's going to be dealing with that for the rest of his life. I, and, and he knows there are other victims, too. I didn't see the interview. I, I, I've read a lot of the transcript. I've read a lot of the stories. I, I've talked to a couple of buddies who watched the interview, and they said it was incredibly hard to watch, sick to your stomach, hard to watch. Um, I cannot imagine what that young man has gone through in his life. I can't imagine what he went through during the time that this was happening. I feel for him. I hope that the fact that they're talking about it. It's public now. There's been uh, people that are paying a price for this. I hope that that gives him uh, help in healing. Um, but absolutely uh, devastating to see that something like that could happen in in anywhere in the world. But, I mean, in this game that we love, that, this, that it could have been stopped, and which is the thing that's even more incredibly disappointing is the fact that if something would have been done at the at the right time other victims would have been 
saved. Yeah, it doesn't stop, unfortunately, what happened to Kyle Beach, but it would have well, changed, changed, changed the things outcome for, other for other people. So I think that's what, I mean, everything about it is horrible. And you hope that it becomes an open discussion and, and they, they get to the bottom of it. And people that were privy to this, uh, there's a price that has to be paid. And But to me, the bottom line is I hope that this young man can heal. I really, really do. I could not imagine to go to know what he's going through, what he's gone through. Um, and just reading about the stories and of what happened, uh, it, it, took your, took, it took my breath away. It made me feel sick to my stomach. So I hope that uh, I, I only wish him the best in, in his future. Duncan Keith of the Oilers, who obviously was with the Hawks at the time, said he didn't know about the uh, allegations until much later. He even said he wasn't sure who the player was. That was about, I guess he spoke about four or five hours uh, before the uh, before Kyle Beach was on TSN. You know, Kyle Beach that he believes that everybody in the locker room knew or at least knew something I mean, look, we'll, we'll never, we're not going to be able to crawl inside people's brains and, and find out what they knew or didn't know or how hard they tried try to find out. But it appears the way the league is proceeding here. I mean, Stan Bowman's already been resigned, resigned quote-unquote, yeah. in, in Chicago. Uh, Joel Quenville has a meeting tomorrow. As, as we've seen in this situations in other sports, what and sexual assault is a lot more serious than some of the situations in other sports if we want to talk about the Astros uh, sign-stealing scandal. But they, they tend to go after the, the leadership in these situations who could have stepped in and done something about it immediately. Well, yes, because it did get brought to attention, and it did go to leadership, and the leadership did have an opportunity to do something, and they decided not to. So that's where... That's where it falls, right on them. They, they, it could have been stopped. They, it, they could have gone to the police. They could have said, right here, this is not right. We, we're taking you away. We're, we're going to investigate you before we, but we're going to keep you away from the team. There's so many things that could have been done. And there's a, they've got the names of the people. It's not as though there's nothing hidden anymore. Uh, the the investigation, which at first people were wary of because it was an investigation that was the Chicago Blackhawks brought on themselves. There was people were worried that this isn't gonna it's gonna hide things. It hasn't. They interviewed like well, it showed like the number of people, the, the number of times they were interviewed, and all these things. So there's nothing hidden now. So now they can make the decisions on what is best uh, f- going forward for for the people that were involved. What is best for Beach? Um, but to me, it's this one isn't as much on the players as it is on the leadership group that didn't do what needed to be done. And obviously a story that's, uh, I'm sure, going to have uh, more developments here as we move along. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, inside Rogers Place. Flyers, two goals from Cam Atkinson. They beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-3 tonight. 780-496-0063 is the hotline for certainty. The pros' choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. We have Dylan standing by. Dylan, thanks a lot for calling. What's on your mind? Yeah, I was just thinking to myself, Coaches are way too easy on the goalie. I mean, Koskinen was horrible tonight. Like, some of those goals, Atkinson's slap shot, I'm sorry, but that can't go in. I mean, yeah, he did make, what, two good saves, but it's pretty much it. Like, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I think sometimes how a coach might feel or might, what he might say behind the scenes might is, is sometimes different than what he says to the media. 
unfortunately, because we like it when people say whatever's on their mind. But, yeah, interesting comment, Dylan. I, I would say, Rob, and I think, you know, we've seen this from Dave Tippett. We've seen this from other coaches. I mean, I've seen this from high school basketball and football coaches that I used to cover back in Lloydminster. They're, they, they're measured sometimes. They pick their spots, I think, about publicly criticizing. Yep. I, I agree with Dylan. You know, a couple of the goals, really frustrating to see go in. But if if you're Dave Tippett, what do you gain by coming out and blasting Carl Well, and, and at the end of the day, he is your backup goalie. This isn't your starter. Backup goalies around the National Hockey League let in bad goals. Um We've seen a number of them over the years come through here in Edmonton, and the Oilers have lit up backup goaltenders. Uh, he was very good in the, the first two starts he had of the season. He was very good in relief for the Oilers uh, when Smith got hurt. So he's had two and a half great starts, and he had a poor start tonight. So I, to me, it's he, I, he's a backup goaltender that if you expected to go through the whole season – as he's your starter, go into the playoffs with him as your starter, you're probably not as confident. That's why they have Mike Smith as their starter. Oilers lose 5-3 to the Flyers. Let's go back down the Hall of Fame room. You'll hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Darnell Nurse. Darnell, what do you think uh, was missing tonight that you guys had in the other games where you had a better result? Uh, I thought we actually played a pretty good game. Created a lot of chances. Didn't, uh, didn't capitalize on enough in the end. Um, but you can play as good as you want. It doesn't matter in this league. It's a, it's a game that uh, you want to come out and win every night. Ryan, what did you think uh, of the overall game that you guys had? And did you feel like you had enough chances to, to win this thing? Uh, yeah, I think I think we had enough chances. I think so, especially in the second period. Uh, parts of the first period, um, the second period might have been, I mean, if not our best, one of our best periods that we played uh, so far uh, this year. So, I mean, we definitely had enough chances. Bottom line is they just got that extra one. And uh, like Nursey said, that's just the way it goes in this league. Um, I thought we worked hard and uh, um, kept pushing at the end, but unfortunately couldn't get it. Darnell, this was a pretty wide open game with lots of chances for both teams. It looked like you guys ran out of gas a little bit in the, in the third period. Is that You didn't get a whole lot of same number of chances you did in the first two periods. Yeah, I don't know if we ran out of gas. Like it was, a, it was a good game. Like back and forth, both both teams were pushing, and I thought we had uh, a fair amount in the third too. So um, yeah, we we got we got capitalize and find a way to to grab a hold of that game, and, and we didn't. So we learned from that. And Ryan, you had four power plays, I think, and you had lots of chances, but uh, it was just one of those nights where you know the puck wasn't going in. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously the one that we got was a, was a good bounce for us, but um, the other power plays, we had some really good looks and uh, working it around, the, uh, around the zone really well and uh, getting some good shots from up top. So, I mean, uh, obviously you want to score um, every time you get out there and it, it can be a little disappointing not to, but uh, at the same time we got one and uh, we, we made some good plays and uh, had a lot of chances. Just got to find that, uh, find that extra one. Thank you. Uh, Ryan, uh, recognizing that uh, you guys both said you, you played very well, and you're off to a five and one, they're five and oh start now five and one. Is it not? Is it better to not get worked up after a game like this when you did feel you you played pretty well? Um, you know, is it not easier to lose a game like this? But is it a little bit? Uh, you know, you don't get as concerned. Well, I mean, obviously, when you play well and lose, um, uh, you can uh, definitely build build on things. Uh, I mean, the end, at the end of the day, the goal is uh, to win every game, but. 
Um, I think there's some things that we can still keep improving on. I think that's uh, every game that we played this year, but building in the right direction right now. And um, like, like we've said, uh, we did a lot of things right. Just uh, uh, they got that extra one. And uh, at the end of the day, that's, uh, that's the story. Uh, Darnell, what, what, can you describe maybe what happened on their, I think it was their third goal right at the end of the first period? It seemed like kind of a hot potato, and then Atkinson kind of swatted at it. Was it kind of surprising to you, I guess, what happened there? Yeah, puck's bouncing, and they found a way to get a stick on him. Took a couple whacks at it, he took a couple whacks at it. That's what happens. He just bounces sometimes. All right, Darnell Nurse, Ryan Nugent Hopkins speaking after the Oilers' 5-3 loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. Two assists tonight, by the way, for Nugent Hopkins. He has nine in six games, has yet to score a goal, but racking up the helpers. By the way, our Japanese Village goal light streak ends at four games, Rob. We turn that on on 630shed.com whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Michael is standing by. Michael, appreciate your call. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you guys think that Hurt should uh, get a nod to the uh, Canadian Olympic team this year. Oh, that's a really good question. Because uh, who are the goalies on that list again, Michael? You're going to have to help me out. My memory's a little soft Well, it would sometimes. be Price, Price Flurry, Blackwood, Bennington. Yeah, uh, Price is hurt, so he probably won't play. Yeah, I'm not sure when Price is back. Uh, Fleury yeah. has not had a very good start to the no. season. Terrible. Uh, Bennington probably is their leading contender right now, I would think. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, even if he's not a number one, do you think you put him as a number two or three? Like, I, I guess take three to the Olympics. Yeah, I guess it all depends on how he plays over the next couple of months. Uh, he's got he's played for Team Canada before World Juniors. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it, I honestly I don't know what other goaltenders would be out there in, in the because uh, did Blackwood? Uh, here's another: Did Blackwood ever get he is vaccinated? Getting, he is getting vaccinated. He has. Yeah, I, think he he, yet? I think he got one, and he's getting the second oh, okay. shot. So you know, I'm just I just quickly looked up an article from a few weeks ago projecting the roster, which had Price, Bennington, and Blackwood as the third goalie. I uh, here here's the thing: like Hart, if like. I want to see what you think, Michael. If not for last season, I would think Hart is almost an automatic. But last season hurt him. I agree. And the and the thing is, is it's the sophomore jinx. You know, it happens all the time. You have a great rookie season. Your sophomore is a little shaky. And I think if he can turn it around this year, especially the way he played in the third period, like, I, I really think he's the future. Like, who else is the future of Canadian goaltending? It, it's unfortunate we're actually... That's our weakest position, I think, going into the future of uh, of Canada, you know, on the uh, world stage. Well, th- it might be. That's an interesting point. I mean, we'll still have some good, good goalies. Uh, I mean, like you mentioned with Price, his status is kind of right. uncertain. Bennington has been. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's won a Stanley Cup. I, I, I don't know. To me, he's still kind of up and down. Well, I'm just going through the goals against average for goalies. Canadian goal. Like, James Reiner, Reimer's got the best goals against average of all Canadians. And he's Canadian. Is he not, Reimer? Yes, he is. So there's Matt, Matt Murray's had a good start to the year. He's Canadian. Tristan Jari. Yeah, that's the call. But I, mean, I'd, but I would take Hart over those guys. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, well, but then again, it just all depends on how... Hart plays over the next two months, but he certainly would be on their radar, absolutely, and more so now with the injury to Carey Price and with Flurry with the start he's had to the season. So, yeah, 
he becomes a lot more there'll be a lot more interest in him from the uh, scouts and the general managers and all the brass with Team Canada no excellent well uh, thank you for taking my call I really appreciate it guys yeah now now I've fallen down the Google rabbit hole here because of course there's so many articles projecting the roster but like a, but a more we- a recent one has price flurry and heart right so yeah but I right now uh, flurry is not I mean flurry is struggling in Chicago true there's not a lot in front of them no defensively no. but I, but I've watched uh, a little bit of the highlights. Um, uh, yeah, and then it all depends how healthy his price going to be. When does he come back? Yeah, that's... So, yeah. Uh, fortunately for the Team Canada, they do have a lot of strength up front yeah. and on the back end that they might be able to win a game 5-4 if they don't get the goaltending they need. But Hart is... I mean, he's so promising. Yeah. And it was it was funny because I remember uh, last I don't think it was on a show uh, we did Rob I think it was on Inside Sports a listener wrote in and said well do you think the Flyers are going to try and move Hart because he needs a change of scenery and I was like yeah I don't think they're, they're anywhere near that <laughs> no. point yet with, no. the, with Carter Hart they've got they're, a pencil in they, for the next 10 years as their starter yeah. uh, everyone goes through stretches and hopefully his stretch is over and done with and uh, if tonight's any indication what kind of season he could have uh, he came in here and probably stole one, possibly two points out of Edmonton the way he played. Well, and that's an interesting thing. It's one of those positions that that sometimes hasn't been good enough when the rest of the team has been really well, good. Fly, Flyers yes, goaltending. for sure. And unfortunately, they had Bernie Perrant. We're going way back yeah. now. They had, they had Pelly Lindbergh, who was tragically killed. You know, Hextall was good for a bit. Um, you know, and then he, I think he wound up back there later in his uh, career. But was I it uh, Czech Manic they had that was good for a short period But of they time. haven't really had that goalie since Hextall that could right. carry the team. And that's and they have had good teams. They, they had Claude Giroux and Jacob Voracek had some fantastic years in Philadelphia, and their teams never went as far as they had hoped with the teams that they had because they never had the goaltender that could make the big save, that could win them a game, win them a series. Uh, and that's why there was, there was such excitement in Philadelphia with Hart because they, they believe this is the goalie of the future. Uh, I, I, again, he, he's had a very good start to the season. Uh, tonight was an excellent game for him. And if they get that kind of goaltending throughout the season, this could be a playoff team. And, yeah, as that caller just said, maybe he plays himself into a position as a one, two, or three goaltender for Team Canada at the Olympics. All right, Oilers fall 5-3 to the Flyers. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You're also going to hear from McDavid and Barry. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Give the puck to Couturier. He gets checked by Bouchard. He'll spring Nugent Hopkins. The breakaway, the shot, and he whipped it just wide. He had Sanheim right on him, though. Partway through the second period, it was 3-3. The Oilers had two open looks to take the lead. Nuge on a breakaway, and then about 25 seconds later, Jesse Pugliarvi was able to walk in from the hash mark. Neither guy able to score and the Flyers go on to win it tonight 5-3 that highlight a pass from Bouchard Rob glad to get to that because a few people writing in about Bouchard's game tonight yeah Bouchard was excellent uh there was a play late in the game that Bob and I talked about where he found tourist back door he had a guy draped on him after keeping the puck in at the blue line walked around him and, and found the player 
passed the puck through through a crowd, got it right on the stick for a perfect one-time opportunity. He's getting stronger with every game, and there's going to be hiccups along the way. But the thing that happens when he makes a, a mistake or, or things don't go the way he had hoped, it doesn't seem to affect him. Doesn't change his next shift. Doesn't change the rest of that shift. He doesn't become uh, overwhelmed by the moment. And I think that's huge for a young defenseman or a young player is you don't get overwhelmed when things don't go your way because as we know all players have shifts nights games stretches where things go uh, astray from what you were hoping and expecting so young players sometimes the the confidence wavers a little bit but we've yet to see that with with Bouchard so good on him and hopefully this is just a, a stepping stone to a, a great season and a great career want to update the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com the Panthers are 7-0 with a 4-1 win over the Bruins Joel Quenville meets with Gary Bettman tomorrow some overtime games here. Red Wings over the Capitals, 3-2. Maple Leafs over the Blackhawks, 3-2. Golden Knights over the Stars, 3-2. It's a 3-2 league. I heard that from a Sutter once. <laughs> In the Western Hockey League, Winnipeg is 11-0. They beat Calgary 3-2. They're here on Friday to play the Edmonton Oil Kings. That should be a good showdown. Showdown the uh, Astros. Showtown as well, I guess. we got a lot of good shows here. The Astros over the Braves, 7-2. The World Series is tied 1-1. The Oilers farm team, 5-4 win. Condors over the Colorado Eagles. And the Raptors beat the Pacers, 118-100. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. Adam has called in. Good evening, Adam. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Good. So my question is, like most of us are on agreement that Koskinen's a good backup goalie, right? But do you think they would have, they should have tried Skinner tonight? Because it seems like in rotation, uh, Koskinen's only good for two games, and he then he fails for the, like the third and fourth game. No, so I, I just want to know what your input I, yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, if this was three games and four nights, something along that line, then you would have gone with Skinner in one of the games. But Koskinen was very strong in this two and a half games he started. They haven't played since Saturday. Or was it Saturday or Friday? Friday. Friday. So they yeah. played since Friday. So he had, you know, plenty of time to rest. So, no, it was this was the right call. And, unfortunately, for the Oilers, uh, Costin didn't give them the saves that they had hoped for. So, yeah, uh, yeah right I, I think it was the right call that just didn't turn out right. Smith might be available okay. on Saturday, Adam. Okay, awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting question about Skinner, we finally saw him last year. And... He got the win, 8-5 over yep. Ottawa after a long stretch for Koskinen playing every game in January. And I think there appears to be a comfort level, though, with Skinner that if he did have to get it, I guess you shouldn't sound have to because he's he's mm-hmm. he's played well. Um, but, yeah, with the four days off. And, again, like I said, I mean, Koskinen's save percentage coming into this game was 943. No, so he, I, I understand the criticism because I've criticized him a lot over the years too. But if he's if he's 943, you're not going to say, I don't know, buddy, maybe we can't well, play tonight. Well, I mean, if they don't play Koskinen, if they play Skinner and Skinner has an off night, you're thinking, okay, why did you not play the goalie that's 3-0 and on the season with a 940 goals against average? I mean, that would be silly. So uh, Skinner's still number three in the depth chart. And it will be for the time being. And Koskinen's been good in three games and subpar in one. That's pretty good for a backup goaltender. The Oilers, though, are what we've seen in the past, a much better team when Smith's in the starter. And hopefully that'll be 
uh, happening again Saturday night, and Smith's back in the net. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You know, obviously a heavy topic today, Rob. So we are getting some messages about that. Justin says, uh, "I would like to ask Rob. There's a lot of criticism of hockey culture today." Regardless of what did or didn't happen with Kyle Beach in Chicago, I, I would like Rob to comment on how hard it is for, just checking the wording here, on how difficult it is for players to speak up if they think there is wrongdoing within their team. Uh, I can't speak for today's player because it's been a long time since since I played. Um, but, yeah, it would it was very hard. Very hard to go against... Uh, to say things, to stand up, to stand out, uh, to be heard. Uh, I would like to believe that if something along this had happened, that I would have been able to stand up and say something. But the most players... I, well, a great example is in when I was in Pittsburgh, um, Alan Eagleson came in and spoke to our team, and he was the player's rep, so he worked for us. And Bob Airy stood up and asked a question that Alan Eagleson didn't like. And Alan Eagleson said, Shit down, <laughs> sit down. You, uh, you're lucky to have a job in this league. And he did. And no one else asked a question. So it was hard for players back then. That was just for something simple like asking a question to your player rep. So, yeah, it, you were, we were brought up to listen, don't talk. Do, don't question. And... I I would hope that I would have, if I would have known about something along the lines of what happened with this young man, that I would have been able to stand up and say something. I really hope I would have. But I do know that when I played, uh, it was, your voice was not to be heard. You just go out and play hockey. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for ask, uh, answering that, Rob, because I know there's a lot of, you know, hockey culture's broken. There are no good people in the game, which which, which is think, which, which is, is not which true. Which is unfair. No, but but, but, uh, but your heart breaks when you you read what happened and, and you saw what happened, and you think that it could have been uh, stopped at that point, and the, the, the other people were affected afterwards because he he continued. He was a predator, and he continued, and that's what eats you up inside. That if someone would have stood up and and said something or, or 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 got authorities involved that it wouldn't have gone any further than it did so uh it's a sad day for hockey today i absolutely believe that yeah oilers fall 5-3 to the flyers you'll hear from your captain connor mcdavid when we get back to Harland ford overtime open line Flyers 5, Oilers 3 is the final first loss of the season for the Oilers. They are now 5-1. I want to remind you, coming up on 6.30 Ched Mornings with Daryl McIntyre, Mark Messier scheduled to join Daryl at 7.05. Let's go back downstairs. Connor McDavid, Tyson Berry. Connor, uh, what, did, what do you think of the way your team played tonight and then what do you think the difference was compared to nights where you pulled out the win? Yeah, truthfully, I liked parts of our game. I thought we played real quick. I thought uh, we had our looks. Um, you know, maybe we could have defended a little better, I guess. But you know, it's it's hockey, and they're going to get chances. I thought uh, I thought we did a pretty good job, but obviously not enough to win. Connor, you had the power play in the third period, and you had lots of chances in the game. Did they do something better 
against your team and some other teams there, or did you look a little, your team looked a little tired on that last power play? Oh, I thought our power play did, did a good job. I thought we we uh, we generated a ton of chances. Um, you know, obviously in the third period, down one, you'd like to you'd like to get one there, but um, you know we generated lots of chances. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't, and um, it obviously didn't didn't go our way tonight there. And Tyson, was this just the law of averages? You'd won five in a row. You're going to play well some game and lose the game. Yeah, I think you know there's probably games we played that we maybe didn't deserve to win or. You know the goaltending was was uh, spectacular, and we got one. So um, tonight I thought we played well, and um, there was a couple. You know we'd like to have back, and um, you know you're not going to win. Would have been nice to go six and zero to start the year, but you're not going to win them all. So just get back at it tomorrow. Tyson, uh, I know the focus is on your team, but uh, Atkinson had two goals for the Flyers tonight. As a defenseman, what makes him hard to defend, and what makes him so effective as a player? Yeah, he's been a good player for a long time, and um, his work ethic, I think, is a big part of it. He's obviously super skilled, but um, he works every shift, and he's got a good shot. So uh, how consistent he is, I think, is probably what makes him such a good player, and um, he, he got us for a few tonight. Connor, you guys have been very good on face-offs all year, but one of the places they got you tonight, not you personally, but the whole team, is in the face-off circle, especially down the stretch. Do they just have a really good set of centermen they're running out there? They got great centermen, and they're they're strong side protected at almost every line. So it's uh, um, tough. Um, you know, they uh, they're good uh, good unit, and you know, I thought we dug in, and, and uh, um, you know, obviously they got the better of us uh, on the dot, but um, you know, I thought we did uh, um, you know, an okay job. And they they sort of took away your your usual entry on the power play. You guys found a way to get it anyhow. But is this the ebb and flow of running a good power play that other teams try new things against you? And do you feel like you reacted well to it? Well, I think every every PK is going to come in prepared. Um, you know, and obviously they were prepared, and um, you know they tried to throw some different things at us. But I thought, you know, the breakout certainly wasn't a problem. I thought we got in just fine. And um, just because I'm not carrying it all the time doesn't mean. Uh, you know, we're not doing a good job. I thought we got in fine. I thought our chances were there. Um, it's just the way it goes. Tyson, for you, it, it seemed maybe like the most involved and engaged you've been in the game. Did you feel that way? You had a lot of shots. Obviously, you scored a really Did you feel like you were more involved tonight? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I felt uh, felt good. Legs were good. And I was just trying to jump in and, and make some stuff happen. Um, a couple good chances and uh, a goal there. So just try to keep that going a little bit. And uh, Connor, you mentioned you guys created a lot. You had a lot of speed, like it was especially in the first two periods. Was there almost maybe a lack of finish for you guys? You had some really good chances, end up almost missed. Well, you missed the net on a few of the some of your best chances. Was that maybe your Achilles heel offensively? Yeah, I thought we just needed a little more polish around the net. You know, obviously I missed a couple. Um, I thought Jess had good chances that that kind of went uh, went awry. Um, I thought our D jumped in and, and had some great shots from a point that um, I'm not sure how we got uh, got a got a body on it. So, um, you know, we had some good looks. Um, you know, it's hockey. That's the way it's going to go. Connor, they had 22 blocked shots, I believe, after the first four minutes. So is that something that you guys can game plan for, something that's maybe part of Philadelphia's style of play, or is that something you have to sort of adapt to as the game's going on when you see that they're getting in the way of so many? Uh, you got to give them credit. I think, uh, you know, the willingness to get in the lane, obviously, is, uh, you know, I didn't, obviously, that's a stat that I wouldn't really know, but, you know, obviously, they did a good job of getting in the lane, but, you know, I think that just, uh, 
you know, we had the puck a lot. I think that's what, you know, that is. I mean, we, we had lots of looks. Our D-men had some good shots from that point. Um, you know, and they were getting in the lane. And, um, yeah. I know you guys were uh, focused on the game tonight, but there was a big story in the hockey world. Kyle Beach came out and talked about the experiences that he had uh, in the past. Uh, obviously not an easy thing for him to do. Uh, just wondering if you guys can maybe comment from the standpoint of, of seeing a, a fellow hockey player and somebody who obviously endured something <coughs> of being public and, and you know, basically you know, going out there with this story and in effect to try and prevent it from happening to others. Yeah, I think it's uh, it takes a lot of courage. I played against Kyle in junior, and um, you know he was a, a great player and a tough kid. And um, it goes to show you, it's you know it can happen to anybody. And um, good on him for coming out. And if he can uh, save someone from that experience and and uh, you know help help somebody who's gone through that, that's you know that's unbelievable. I think that's what he's looking for. And um, obviously, you know we weren't there. We didn't see how it was handled and everything. You just read the details, but. Um, that, that has no place in our game or in the world. So if, uh, if he can help some, some kids get through that, that's, uh, that's a step in the right direction. Tyson Berry and Connor McDavid as the Oilers lose 5-3 to the Flyers. Get more on this game on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com. Don't forget Bob Stoffer as Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Our next game broadcast on 630ched, 630 face-off show on Saturday. Puck drop 8 o'clock, Oilers at Canucks. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.